0: Yo, what's going on? It's your main man. Rick the dawn. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So I finally caught up. Thank you for waiting on me. I know some of y'all already watched the episode. Some of y'all haven't watched it, and you just kind of here so I can let you know what I saw. <laughs> I don't know what you I don't know why you're here, <laughs> but thank you for being here. So, change of hearts is what I gathered as I watched this episode because that's just kind of what I noticed. Um, every couple in some way seemed to just change, you know, man, I don't know. This, this was a, this was a hard one, man. First off, I want to say, just in case you're wondering how great was the episode? This was the best episode in my opinion. I feel like I say that every week, but this one really felt like the best episode, you know, at one point point in maybe the first episode reaction, I said, episode three is when it's going to heat up. Not quite. It was more like episode seven. I didn't know that. Um, Just to show you how everyone had a change of heart. Starting off with Caitlyn and Hall. First off, Hall does something I'm just so upset about. You know, a part of me wants to respect him because he's not being a coward and leading, you know, this lady on, Caitlyn. But what's up, my main man? What's up, boss? But another part of me is like, man, how can you do this to such a beautiful woman? I just can't get behind Hall on this one. So Paul at the end of this episode, he asks to speak with Caitlin. And I thought it was kind of sucky because he's breaking the rules. You don't really see that happen where a guy or a woman wants to see their mate. So he asks to see Caitlin. And initially, I thought he's going to ask Caitlin to marry him because he just saw her little message in the box. If you don't know, this episode was the episode where you know they were able to send messages to their lover. And when Paul saw Caitlin's message, he broke down. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to come to his senses and ask to marry her. No, I can already tell. And they didn't show it fully. But I'm able to already tell that when he gets over there, he's going to tell Caitlin he's in love with this 22-year-old. I just said, bro, what? So he had a change of heart. And then when you look at Paris and Great, first off, this is the most toxic relationship I've seen on TV in some time. They do not, they should not be together. Their relationship reminds me of a relationship I had when I was 19. All we did was cheat on each other, but we loved each other. And what it was is it was 60 percent. No, it was like 75 percent lust. No, it was like 65 percent lust, 45 percent love. And in our brain, we thought it was 80 percent love or even 100 percent love. It really was like 60, 65 percent lust, 45 percent love. And that's exactly, or is it 35? I don't know how to count (laughs) if you can't tell. So, like, look, that's exactly what this is. They think they love each other, but in actuality, they're in lust with each other, and it sucks. And in this episode, we see Great have the greatest change of heart because Nefisa is just a cold-blooded person, first off. I'll explain later. But, you know, he seems to have fallen deeply for Nafisa, so much so that I don't think he really cares about Paris anymore. And it's it's kind of crazy. As far as Maricela and Christopher, another change of heart. First off, I think both of them have had change of hearts. First off, Christopher is changing how he looks at Maricela and it's mainly because of some of the things he's been watching Maricela do. But Maricela, in my personal opinion, has the greater uh, change of heart because she's found herself Okay. She's using that little, you know, I found myself thing when in in reality, she's an over sexual person that's being restrained uh, by her relationship and by society. When she just really want to let out and just be a bisexual. That's all Marcella's growth arc has been. What she wants to say is she wants to be a bisexual and she feels constrained by both Christopher and society. That's her entire story. And she's she's not saying it that way. But that's all it is. And you know, I've seen, I've been with this kind of woman before, so I know exactly what's gonna happen. And Chris needs to get out of Dodge. Not because Marcel is a bad person, but because she needs to find herself. And I don't I, I mean that. Now she's gonna tell the cameras that she's found herself on this experiment. And I think she is still lost because she hasn't quite figured out what she is or what she wants to do. Now she's kind of parading with this new guy. I forget this guy, Cristiano. It's one of the most Drippiest Latino names, like I think, like Cristiano or something like that. So she's frolicking with him, and that's her change of heart. And I think that it's interesting. All right, the last change of heart, Vanessa and Rob. This one might be the least of the change of hearts that I've talked about so far. Vanessa is just throwing me off, man. She has shown in every type of way that she's flirtatious. I saw that with my own eyes, but she's stopping just short of disrespecting her relationship. And, you know, a part of me wants to give her a applaud because I'm like, yo, I thought she was going to be out here just wild and, you know, free. No, Vanessa is the quintessential example of a older woman who knows what she wants and just wants to be flirtatious. Sometimes, and I'm, I've learned this myself, sometimes, especially older women, this is just my opinion, don't, don't get offended. But sometimes women just want attention. And sometimes they just want to do something daring. I don't know if you've ever seen a cat like play with something and just kind of like knock it off the the ledge. It doesn't mean it's a bad cat. It's just cats just like to do mischievous things. And I feel like that's Vanessa in a bottle. Like she just wants to do stuff to push the limit to see how far she can push Rob and how far she can push things in general. But in doing so, unfortunately, she has pushed Rob away, who I think has had the greater change of heart between the two. Now. Uh, in a very confusing, weird way, Rob is having a change of heart, like a double change of heart. Initially, he changed his heart away from Vanessa, but you see in this episode, he's starting to pull back because, you know, that's his comfort space. And this new chick, Des, that he's, like, frolicking with and having a good time with, you know, it's fun from a physical aspect, but Vanessa has his heart, and that's what he's struggling with. That's a synopsis of what I saw, but I want to just go a little bit deeper and trust me, I won't go too deep, but you know, what I saw just makes me want to go a little further. First off, I want to talk about Vanessa and Rob. In this episode, Vanessa is struggling. You see her flirting more with Bryce, but her heart is not in it. And this is the confusing thing that you see this entire episode. Vanessa sees what Rob is doing. She can hear what Rob is saying and ultimately, she wants to just break away and say, screw Rob, I'm going to do my own thing. But she loves Rob. And, you know, I was very happy to see this. I didn't really think Vanessa loved Rob the way that she does, but she loves this guy. And I'm going to also give her some more credit and say she loves hard. That's why she was so hard on Rob and so this and that, because she loves hard and she just wants to be loved hard. Is Rob the guy to be that person for her? I think so. Oddly enough, I think he is one of the types of guys that can do it. but. He had to be pushed to this point. And the big question that looms is, will Rob find the, the the gumption to come back to Vanessa despite being pushed so far? Now, Rob, in this episode, said, you know, he's grown as a person. And Des, surprisingly, also confirmed this growth. But you know what I said last reaction in reaction episode number six? I told you what Vanessa was afraid of. And I didn't even see episode seven. I just read it. I told you that Vanessa was afraid that all the work she had put into Rob would pretty much go to the beneficiary or another another woman. And that's exactly what we saw or heard from Vanessa in this episode. She's like, listen, all the growth you're seeing with uh, you know, Des is because I had put it in him. That's what she's saying. And I told you that was what her biggest fear was. Now, if you don't know, this episode was insane for one major reason. It was because. This episode was the episode where the couples were able to share messages with their mate. And we all know they haven't seen each other quite like they are normally accustomed to um, for maybe weeks or you know months. I'm not sure how long this has taken place. However, this is the first time that they're able to, uh, to communicate with the other side. And it was exactly as crazy as you might expect it. Now, um, one of the newest wrinkles in this episode, or I should say this season, is they allowed... Uh, other people within the villa to contact the other person in this message, and what I mean by that is just, just in case it doesn't quite connect, and you're not really visualizing it. For example, um with Vanessa and Rob, though Vanessa was able to communicate with Rob, Des, I'm sorry, um, though Rob was able to communicate with Vanessa. Des was also able to communicate with Vanessa, so Mark allowed whoever they were like most close to to also talk to the other person, and I just thought that was very messy, and uh you know it was pretty interesting. Okay, so Rob tells Vanessa, like, "Listen, I I, I like you, I adore you, but ultimately, I need to see some growth." Vanessa kind of comes with, you know, "I'm kind of upset, Poppy." <laughs> is she is she's Hispanic, is something a lot I'm not even sure. But she's like, I'm upset with you, Poppy. Uh, we came on the show to see if you had grown. And what I'm seeing is you're pretty much a little boy. I'm just like going straight to what she was kind of implicated. However, Des comes to Rob's defense and say, look, you pushed him to that point. And I'm so happy you pushed them here because according to Des, that is why she's been able to find out what true love is. So we see that and Vanessa is just fuming after hearing what Des has to say. And, uh, you know, she did do some funny with Bryce. We saw Bryce actually grip her behind and squeeze it and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't really, you know, seem genuine. I felt like Vanessa was doing the whole rebound thing. And for the record, this episode starts off with um, Des and Rob in the bed together. But you don't really get the vibe or the sense that they've had sex. So shout out to Des for being classy on TV. You know, she has every possibility to sleep with robin i'm just not seeing it i'm not i'm not seeing it that it's happened i'm not seeing that the next couple i want to talk about is great in paris man this couple is just a hump it's, it's, it's a wreck from the flow up to the toe up look they're both just all over the place and i want to go a little deeper with what i'm saying though first off i'm so upset with great man i just feel like he's the worst type of boyfriend you could ever have The worst thing you want to have is a delusional man, ladies. I'm just going to be honest with you. And here's why I say that. Great is trying to posture that Paris has done something that warrants his behavior. When in reality, great was going to do what great is doing right now, no matter what Paris did. Now, we know what Paris did. Paris flirted to the 10th degree with Tajik. Is Paris innocent? Not at all. But is Paris wronger than Great? Not at all. Here's what Paris has done from what I can see. And I think Great said one time that Paris and Tajik had sex. So I'm not sure if he actually saw that, which nobody else saw, or is he just trying to, you know, get his excuse ready for why he's acting the way he's acting. But from what I can see, here's what Paris has done so far. She has been wildly attracted to Tajik. Um, she's kissed Taijik in every possible way. She's even plotted to hide and go with Taijik off camera. We see that this episode where Paris is kind of like in the corner with Tajik, like, look, there's no privacy here. What she really want, let me tell you, and this is going to be a problem if they ever give it to him. What Paris really wants is to be with Taijik off camera. And she even said it at one point when she's talking about, uh, I think his name was Michael Chris, I forget. She said if the cameras were not around, she would have, you know, did some extracurricular activities. And she wasn't even talking about Tajik, who she's wildly in love with. Now, can you only imagine what Paris would do if she was with Tajik by herself? It'd be a wrap. And I think when Great heard Paris say that, despite it being about this white kid that she probably doesn't really like truly, but, you know, he's an attractive guy, but she, you know, I don't think Great believes that she really meant that necessarily. But her just saying it was enough to just set Great off. And... That's about it but when it comes to great great has been flirty with just about every girl in the house um he slept with Nafisa twice to, uh, as far as i'm counting and he would have slept with Tammy tonight or this episode if uh Nafisa didn't come in and like cop block Tammy cuz that's what happened Tammy was about to get her turn and she even asked great like can we go off camera or can we go somewhere and kiss and great her to the left, like you know, I don't want it to be planned. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a nice little, you know, little little move right there. Great, or right. I see you not being too gullible, not too whatever. But the fact of the matter is, and, and then then on top of that, he tried to, uh, you know, seduce the one lady. I forget her name. She's Latin or Hispanic, and she had enough respect for herself to say, look, you already got something going on with the feast, so you already got some going with, going on with Tammy. I'm gonna uh, bow out gracefully. But if she had not said that, Great would have kissed her in front of both of them, the Visa and Tammy. So, like, I don't want to hear any sympathy for Great, and he certainly won't be getting it from me. Now, I like Great as a person. I'll be honest with you. I just like the fact that he seems to just kind of go with the flow, and he has great charisma. But let's not get it twisted. He's not a good boyfriend by any stretch of the imagination. And you know, I don't know if this was like a joke or not, but. He had like toenail polish showing, fingernail polish. It might have just been a part of the futuristic party. So it is what it is. I don't have any doubt in his like, you know, his attraction to what I don't know. But it's just always hard for me to see that. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what's up with this couple. I think they should just run from each other. I don't think they have anything that they can offer to one another. All right. Hall is, uh, I got, who is this here? Yeah, I'm from Texas. I got one of my peoples up in the, in the building. And, I'll, you know, I'll, and people don't really notice, but I always do these lives so that when people come in, I can read what they're saying and we can kind of go back and forth. So, yeah, I'm from Texas says, Hall is a full dog, but Christian is trash. I'm so glad Maricela is free. Hopefully she stays away. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So, we got someone who doesn't like Chris and... I'm going to give you my viewpoints on Chris. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not far away from what, yeah, I'm from Texas is saying. Um, I can't read between the lines. I can see what's going on. I'm not pro Mari Seller the way that, yeah, I'm from Texas seems to be. I'm not – not. See, here's the thing with me. I'm not giving either one of them a pass. Because I've been with a Maricela before, so I know what it feels like to be on the opposite end. But at the same time, I've been a Chris where I'm trying to save face, but when in reality, I'm a dog. So I know where they're both coming from. And speaking of that, all right, here we go. <laughs> let's let's just get it out the way. First off, Maricela has been on a warpath. And I don't know what this is the difficult part. And this is why it's so hard for me to um, go pro Maricela exclusively. And you know, by all means, this is why I need. Uh, ladies to be a part of this discussion Which is why I do these live I don't do these pre-recorded and uploaded I do them live for a reason Because I'm hoping that ladies will come in And push back on what I'm saying Because I'm giving a male perspective I don't know what women feel like When they're in a relationship with a guy like Chris I just don't know And I think to be fair to one of my exes I was a guy like Chris I was like trying to be perfect um, Holding her to a higher standard And I think she felt uncomfortable with that She told me that before Um But you know Speaking on behalf of Chris, it wasn't a necessary. It wasn't a control thing. It was a just trying to trying to help your partner be what you can see in them. Um, I can't be the only only person that's done that. I, I see something in a person. I'm like, I know you can do it if you change this. But in doing so, I pushed her away, and I'll be completely transparent about that. And I think that's what happened here with Chris and Marcella. So let me just break down my viewpoint on this relationship. First off, Chris is going full throttle with this new chick, little yellow bone, right-skinned chick. He's going full throttle with her. And it's mainly because he saw or seen enough of Maricela that makes him feel like, Hey, the relationship is over. He's even said something that I feel is a little interesting. He said, I know what she's going to try to do. Once the relationship or sorry, once the show is over, she's going to come running back. I thought that was the wrong thing to say. I feel like, you know, maybe young yeah, from Texas has a point when you hear stuff like that. It's like, yeah, he might be controlling. He might be chauvinistic. He might be narcissistic. Look, you heard what uh, the young lady, I forget who she is. She's a um, Latino chick. She kind of cursed him out in the pool. Like, yo, you think everybody's in love with you. So maybe yeah, young from Texas. Maybe Maricela are hinting at things that I'm not seeing because I don't want to see them because they reveal too much about who I am, right? Just narcissistic, you know, think every. Maybe I I share some of Christopher's traits and a lot of what Chris does is he just tries to come across as good and good natured, And I think that's what the problem is. I think Maricela knows the real Chris. And when he does that, she just can't put up with it. Um, But, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not letting Maricela off the hook. You, you won't get that from me. Let me tell you what I see from Maricela. Maricela is a woman that doesn't have, um, she's not focused on what she, what she wants. You know, she keeps trying to posture that, you know, a lot of what's happening with her on the show is growth and that she's found herself. But you know what I've noticed and observed? She's been sexual with both Paris. I mean, this episode was insane. She's like tongue kissing Paris and Paris is one of the ladies on the show to find love or, you know, whatever. Find things about her relationship. She tongue kissing her. And then she gets, gets in the bed with the guys, Cristiano. She tongue kissing him, humping, whatever they're doing. So it's like, what, what is what is, okay, is that you? That's you? Like, just this wild child female that's just sleeping with hugging on, kissing, tugging on everybody? Is that, that's the great revelation? Because when somebody tells me, hey, I found myself, I'm thinking that they went on some kind of journey. Um, They found their purpose in life. My purpose is to help people, to heal people. My purpose is to be, so your purpose is to be a, a, a bisexual, a lesbian? Like, that's bullcrap to me. I'm not buying that and I'm not giving her a pass on that at all. OK, I, I love to see a woman, you know, step into her, 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 uh her sexuality. I'm OK with that. But this just seems like a little bit more than that. And you know what? Here's another thing that very much so irritated me about Maricela. And if it didn't irritate you, I don't know how it didn't. This irritated the crap out of me. You know, during one of Maricela's little private conversations with the camera, you know how they do like their diary room confessions. She tries to convince me that her and Cristiano have not had sex. And this is what she says. You know, I really like the relationship that she has with Cristiano. They're able to explore each other physically without having sex. I said, what the? I said, what? So you mean to tell me, Marcella, that you have not had sex with Cristiano? There's been at least two, at minimum, two times where you've been in the bed with Cristiano and it looked like y'all frolicking and doing a whole bunch of sexual things. And then, and on top of that, I've seen uh, uh, Maricela and Cristiano getting the shower naked, okay? And on top of that, I've seen in this episode, episode number seven, Maricela got her shirt off, and they're just in the bed kind of talking and playing, and Cristiano pulls her legs, so they're having fun. So, you know, I, I don't, I, like, bruh, I don't understand. Like, is it just me? am I the only person like, yo, there's no way these two haven't had sex. Now, one thing I like to do is check myself. I like to get outside of myself and check myself. So let me check myself. Maybe it's not a crime. Maybe it's not considered sex, I have to say, that Maricela and Cristiano are in the shower together. Maybe that's what she meant. They're exploring each other physically without having sex. I don't know that they had sex in the shower. Okay, fine. Maybe her being topless in the bed is just her exploring her, exploring him physically and he doing the same for her but not having sex. Fine. Maybe in the bed, when the covers is doing this, they're just literally grinding and humping. Fine. 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 I was <laughs> just like, I'm just, I don't, look, I don't know. It just looked like sex to me, but again, I I digress, right? She wins. And uh, I would like to know, yeah, I'm from Texas. I know you're probably not here anymore. I just wish you would have told me a little bit more about how you feel about Marcella because you can't be in a minority. There has to be a lot of women really pulling for her because um, one thing I've noticed about women is they love to see other women, uh, find themselves. They love, love, love to see other women break from under the guard of a male who they might see as a dog. So I really want to explore that. And I wish I had a female co-host. My wife doesn't, she doesn't watch Temptation now. So, you know, she doesn't get into it. All right. Next, I want to talk about Hall and, uh, Caitlin. I talked about him a little bit. Hall is head over heels for this 22 year old. And the 22-year-old is head over heels for him and his message. I am so upset with Hall. I thought he was a complete coward this episode. Now, let me separate two things. First off, I like Hall as a person. I hate him as a boyfriend or engaged partner or what have you. Complete coward this episode. If I saw Hall in person, I would have nothing negative to say. I would say, how you doing? It's good to meet you. But don't ever. Ever Let me see my daughter bring a Hall type of person into my house. It'll be a World War IV. Okay, let me tell you what I saw in this episode. First off, Hall, when he has the opportunity to send a message to Caitlin, you know what he does? He takes the most, most cowardly path I've ever seen a stand-up guy or guy that's supposed to be a stand-up guy take. You don't do that to a, a young lady like Caitlyn. Caitlin has been battling temptation. You got both Mike and this guy with the six-pack, eight the eight-pack, the 12-pack they're both kind of fighting over Caitlyn, and Caitlyn is being appropriate with both of them. She hasn't really uh, tongue kissed kissed anybody like that. I think she might—you know what? She might have kissed the guy with the, the six pack. I think she might have, but nothing over the top like what we're seeing from people like you know, Great parents, that type of stuff. Nowhere near. So she's been completely respectful of Hall and her relationship. But you know what Hall did when he gets the opportunity to confess and say, "Hey." Caitlyn, I'm wildly in love with this 22-year-old, so much so that I want to end the engagement. When he has the opportunity to tell her that, you know what he does? He says, Caitlyn, I hope that you're exploring yourself the way that I'm exploring myself. And I hope you're finding what you really want in life because I think I found it and I love you. Or something like that. And then the the thing goes off. I'm like, bro, what is, that's it? What he was supposed to say was, Caitlyn, I found a 22-year-old that, I love in the moment. She's everything I need. And, you know, I think you're a great person, but not great enough. And as such, when we leave the island, I'm going to leave with her. That's what he was supposed to say. He had every opportunity to say it. And that's why I said he was a coward this episode. And then, and then the young lady that he's in love with, the 22-year-old, because the part or the singles are also able to talk to the partners, she has more guts than him. And she tells Caitlyn that they are wildly in love, and that she's so happy that Caitlyn, which was a weird decision, Caitlyn brought Hall to the to the island. She tells Caitlyn, "Thank you for bringing Hall to the island because she's found her soulmate." I said, "If that ain't the most twenty-two-year-old thing you could ever say, all right? You got a twenty-two-year-old saying, saying, thank you, Caitlyn, I found my soulmate.' Like seriously, the twenty-two-year-old is in in some weird way thinks that Hall is her soulmate." I said, "Oh, baby." you actually think that Hall is your soulmate? That is the most high school, like post-college thing I've ever. So the guy that's engaged, who came to the show to be tempted and was tempted successfully is your soulmate. Man, this is why life experience is so important, because if you don't have enough life experience, somebody who does can run laps around you. Paul is simply taking advantage of this 22-year-old. And because she's so young and doesn't have enough life experience, she's allowing it to happen. And not only that, she's telling his former engagement partner that he's her soulmate. Off of what? Three weeks of dating? I'm done. I can't deal with this little this young lady, man. And you know what? I'm happy they're together because I think they're both going to find out very quickly how this whole thing, called you reap what you sow, works. Hall is going to get it back because he left a perfectly good woman on the altar, technically, to pursue a young lady who he perceives to be sexually more attractive. That's not a good reason to leave a a good woman. I'm sorry. And then she, on the other hand, uh, is taking somebody else's quote unquote husband and calling her or calling him her soulmate in three weeks time without any sympathy, really, for the woman that she's betraying. Right, talk about girl code squander. And you know, I think Caitlin's gonna find the right guy somebody like me who's looking at this and saying, Yo, Caitlin is absolutely gorgeous, she's absolutely beautiful, and she's trustworthy, which is hard to find in this modern era of dating. Somebody's gonna pick Caitlin up, and I can't wait till they do because I, I can't stand this, man. So, we see at the end of this episode that Hall uh, is going over to the girls' villa to talk to Caitlin and let her know. And they don't show this, but I can already tell he's going to let her know how much he, you know, he cares about her. But ultimately, he wants to end the engagement. The saddest thing ever. Now, Caitlin has done an amazing job with just holding true to our relationship and just being upfront with the other two guys saying, hey, there's some attraction there. But outside of that is not much of an opportunity for you. So happy about that, man. What a great episode this was. I will say I really enjoyed this one. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I still say that this was the best episode so far. Very upset with a couple of guys, especially. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, a couple of the people on the show. I will say in terms of guy versus girl, the guys are easily in the lead. Here's why I say that. Because Hall is betraying Kaitlyn. And I don't want to give points for betrayal, but if we're, you know, keeping score... The city boys is up on that one. And then when you talk about Paris and Great, Paris is kicking Great's ego in the hind part, but Great countered so crazy this week with having Nefisa and Tammy kind of arguing over him. And then once, oh my gosh, I didn't even talk about this. How did I miss this? The craziest part of this episode was Nefisa sending a message to Paris. How crazy was that? Anybody see that? So Nefisa sends a message to um Where's she at? Nafisa sends a message to Paris, and it's the most catty, disrespectful message that you could possibly imagine. And it's crazy. Like she's like, yo, I slept with your guy. She's like taunting Paris. Long story short. And Paris is having the most out-of-body reaction that you can possibly imagine. She's cracking her fingers, like <laughs> she's doing like the whole like middle school, I'm gonna get you sucker type of moves. And I'm like, yo, Nafisa, you don't have no chill. You know, I, I was so, so like flabbergasted when I saw Nafisa send that message to Paris. So when it comes to Paris versus great, great is getting her by just the margin. But here's how I wish Paris would respond by being more serious with Tajik. But here's the problem. It's a bigger problem that's looming. Um, While she could kiss Tajik more, go somewhere secluded with Tajik, even have sex with Tajik. I'm not sure it would matter. Here's why I don't think it would matter. Tajik is the con, con, uh, quintessential F-boy. Tajik is simply there for fun. He's already told Paris this, and I'm going to be real with you. I don't think that Tajik is ready to be in a one-on-one relationship. So yes, he'll entertain Paris and he'll do things for Paris, especially since the chase is there and there's a lot to be gained there in terms of making great upset. That all appeals to a man, a man's senses. However, I do not think for one second that Tajik wants to be in a serious relationship with Paris, and it really sucks because that means Paris can't win. Even if she leaves Great for Tajik, she's gonna get hurt. If she stays with Great, she's gonna be hurt. The best thing that Paris can do is leave this relationship and change her per- uh, her preference in man. And men. she picks she picks f boys. It's like she's really good at that, by the way. All right. And then as far as Marcella and Chris, oh, I got to get us to Marcella. Maricela is kicking Chris's butt. But then if she's not having sex with Cristiano, then technically Chris is kicking her butt because he was getting down, <laughs> down to the nitty gritty with uh, the young lady he's pursuing. So I'm not sure. I'm going to call it a draw, with the slight edge going to Marcella. When we talk about Vanessa and Rob, I feel so bad for Vanessa, man. I, I really dogged her out based on her persona and how she came across initially. But, oh, man, she's a decent person, bro. She's a decent person, and she's so aggressive because she's been hurt before. So we've all been that person who come out in, in a relationship swinging because you don't want to be the person that gets hurt. So, yeah, I, and then, you know, but the good, the good news about this relationship is that both Rob and Vanessa have held out sexually and have not pursued sex with other people on island. So in that respect, I can call it a draw. But if we're being honest, Vanessa is struggling several times in this episode. She, you know, she's seen looking at that little red light. Every time it goes off, you can see her heart beating almost break because she thinks it's Rob. So I don't know. I think Rob has a slight edge as it relates to them two kind of like battling each other. But that's pretty much all I saw this episode. The best one for for sure, in my personal opinion. And I definitely think and recommend you check it out for sure. Um, make sure all the kids are in the bed. A lot of, you know, a lot of nudity and stuff like that. But overall, you know, a lot to take away from it. But thank you for watching. I'll see you on the next one. Peace.